um, story from the Gospels occurred to me to bring to you this morning. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 and onwards. This is the story of the lepers who were cleansed. Now there is one great lesson to learn from this, and that's the lesson of gratitude. Only one leper came back and gave thanks. And I've heard preachers make a great deal of that, suggesting that all the others lost their healing. Now, that may be reading into the text a little bit, but what I do believe is that being grateful for the grace of God, you see, great gratitude is response to grace. Gratitude is response to grace. So when God's grace is poured out on you, what, what can you do? What can you do? I was in an African nation, I, I forget where it was, and um, this lady sang a solo, Washarenda. And I, I thought, this is a wonderful language. Is this Yoruba? Is this Yoruba? No, she was singing in English, What shall I render? Washarenda. 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 What shall I render unto God? In other words, when God has blessed you and God has filled you, what is the response? Now, we, we could go through a whole long list of things that, you know, God would expect us to do and, and so on. But at the heart of it, the only response to grace is gratitude. That's the only response. And it's that gratitude that drives you forward. In other words, that's the motivation. It's not that when, when, because God has sent Jesus to die for us, therefore we have to die for him, or therefore we have to pay him back. You cannot pay God back. But it doesn't mean to say, okay, well, I've got the grace of God. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pay God back. So, so what? So I just live as I like? No, 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 no. If you have received the grace of God and you understand it as grace, then gratitude flows from your life. And, and the, everything that you do is an expression of that gratitude. It is not trying to pay God back. It's an expression of that gratitude. So gratitude here is a great lesson, but there's another one. <clears throat> Let's read. Uh, Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, and he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and then he entered a certain village, and there met him... Ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now we know that the lepers were not allowed to be part of the community. They were separated. They were unclean. And uh, so they, 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 they stuck together. So we've got ten lepers. And they were together. That's the only fellowship that they had. Only fellowship they knew. And even now... They stood afar off. They knew what the law said. They knew what society was telling them. Now, imagine their sense of, of rejection. Imagine they, they, were, they were not in, in, the, in the state of mind to receive. Remember that. They were not in the state of mind to receive. And they didn't know how to receive. They stood afar off, and all they had was together. In other words... 
or they, they each look to one another and say, well, I see you're a leper. You're fine, want to talk. I see you're a leper. There was no answer because leprosy cannot cure leprosy. Okay? You need to come into contact with something else. And this is a message to us all. We have to break out of those mindsets that keep us separated from God and that prevent us from going on with Him and prevent us from opening our hearts to receive. Now, that can happen at every level. I'm not suggesting that, you know, we have a bunch of lepers who don't know how to receive. But, you know, actually opening up to God and allowing God to work in your life, particularly at the experiential level of experiencing God's presence and experiencing His power and opening up to the Holy Spirit, that is something we have to learn. And... Um, there are many churches which they just don't know how to receive. Uh, if we talk, for example, about the gift of tongues. So we're praying for people to be released in the gift of tongues, and we believe it is the characteristic sign gift that accompanies being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so people say, okay, well, all right. And they stand there with their mouth shut. And they say, okay, well, when God wants me to do it, he'll give it to me. So how can you receive the gift or exercise the gift of tongues when you're not even prepared to use yours when you keep your mouth closed? So we tell people to begin, begin to speak. And it's the same way. We, we need to know how to soak in the presence of God. And a lot of that is knowing how to receive, knowing how to open your heart and uh, it's very difficult to explain because it's both active and passive. So if you take a picture of a dry sponge, you know, a really dry sponge, and uh, have you noticed that it might be that you're going to go and wash your car? Okay, you don't have a car, or you're going to wash your brother's feet. That's, that's better. That's more biblical, isn't it? And for some of us, our sponge is very dry in the area of washing the feet of the saints and caring for one another. But that's just, I'm throwing that in for good measure. All right. So you picture a very dry sponge. So you put that sponge into a bucket. What happens? What happens? You're going to wash your car. You put the sponge in the bucket. It's very, very dry. What's going to happen? That sponge is what? It's going to float on the surface for a bit, yes? It's going to float on the surface because the edges are hard and it takes a little while for the water to begin to permeate the hard edges. And uh, I'm not calling anybody hard. I'm saying we are dry, okay? We are dry. And when you are thirsty, it's because you are dry. And you can be filled yesterday and thirsty today. So this is not pointing the finger and saying, what's the matter with you? You're a bunch of dry bones. No. I'm saying that to rise to a new level of Holy Spirit fullness is to admit that the former level has not satisfied. It's not enough. That you're dry. You're dry. You're dry. I'm, not, I'm, saying, I'm going to say it a few more times because people are getting thirsty. By, 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 that very, by, very, by that very expression. We're dry. We're thirsty. We're dry. We know, I know you're dry. 
because I couldn't even get in and get on with my agenda today because you were singing, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. They stopped up here and you wouldn't stop down there. So we started up here again because you're dry. Amen. How many people are thirsty? Isn't that what Jesus said? If any of you are thirsty, 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 let him come to me and drink. Ho, the word of God says, he who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Amen. So it's about being thirsty. And being thirsty is a high-level spiritual quality. It's not a low-level, you need God, you're far from God, and you're, you, you, you're useless. No, no, no. Thirsty and being continually thirsty and being hungry for more. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It is a high-level spiritual quality. How many people are thirsty? How many people are more thirsty than you were five minutes ago? Amen and amen. That's great. Well, we will have to do some drinking today, but I don't know what else we're going to do. We're going to have to do some drinking today. So there they were, standing afar off. There were many things that prevented them from coming close. Partly was certain provisions of the law. Partly was social exclusion. Maybe they had right now, and I wouldn't blame them, some form of social phobia. Which is, uh, which is listed in the DSM as a list of, of uh, personality disorders, I guess. But whatever is happening here, they do not feel worthy. They do not feel welcome. They do not feel qualified. They're standing afar off. But God has brought those who are far off near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us qualifies. And the only quality that we need to work on and make sure that we have, and that's the quality of being thirsty. Amen? So then, let's see what happens next. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master... Have mercy on us. Wonderful. The only evidence that you have seen the glory of God is that you've renounced every claim on Him. The only evidence that I have that I've seen the glory of God is that I have let go of a spirit of demandingness saying that, God, you owe this to me. And that's why they said, you owe us nothing. What we want is your mercy. In other words, God, do something to us, and we know we have no claim on you. This does not depend on what we deserve. This does not depend on what we have to offer. This does not depend on our righteousness and our holiness. This depends on your mercy and your grace. Have mercy on us. Now that is a cry that God will never refuse. If we truly know that it has to be 100% God, His initiative, His mercy, His grace, Tomorrow I'm speaking on the message of what are some of the characteristic overflow signs of a revival move of God. Um, the first century, the first believers there, I don't know if you could call it revival because they, ha they hadn't died yet. It was vival, <laughs> vival, not revival, although it was a revival to Israel. 
But one of the major qualities that we see, the, the, the kind of um, end of the, the bottom line description of revival and great grace was upon them all. I don't want to creep into tomorrow's message. Great grace was upon them all. When we understand revival is all of God's grace, we will give up all our formulas that if you do this, this, and this, then God will come. If you rise to this standard, if you repent of all of your sins, all of them, and some of the doom and gloom prophets, they believe they live in repentance, and they're constantly wagging the finger, aha, you have to repent more. And you ask them, of what sins, for how long, and how deep? No, you, you, you need repentance. There's not enough repentance in the church. I know that rev repentance precedes revival. I know that principle. We have mentioned this almost every evening, okay? But another thing, really, which is more to the point, revival brings repentance. Revival brings repentance. Because repentance is not turning from your sin. Repentance is turning to Christ. And in turning to Christ, you turn from your sin. Repentance is not focusing on your sin. Repentance is leaving your sin behind, putting it behind, not even looking at it, not even talking about it, not even thinking about it. You own it in order immediately to disown it because you are letting go of those old things to lay hold of Christ. And when in revival Christ manifests himself, we are Christ conscious. And when we see Jesus, we let everything go. We don't say, oh, well, that's great, Jesus. I've got a spare arm for you. In this arm, I'm carrying all my sin. I know you and my sin are going to get along well, so let's, let's have them both. No, you want to receive him with both arms. You want to welcome him right in. And you will let go of stuff that you thought would cling closely to you till your dying day. One of the features of this revival is a righteousness move. It's a move of righteousness. People are going to be walking in righteousness about being led by the Holy Spirit. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's going to be the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe in effortless holiness. We have to make moral effort. We have to focus on stuff, and we have to play our part. But it is the work of the Holy Spirit in us that enables us to do it. And when we're walking in Holy Spirit enabling, you will be astonished at what will fall off from your life. You won't have any time for it. You won't have any thought for it. Amen? So here they are. Lord, have mercy on us. Now the mercy that he's about to pour on them is not a, God bless your mercy. God bless you guys. I know that you're lepers and you can't, we really can't have any fellowship or communion together. Never mind. God bless you. And I'll see you in the. Uh, I'll see you later. No, he is going to do something practical. He's going to show his mercy in practical ways. Now, in this is healing. I'm not specifically referring to healing today, but I'm talking about the practical stuff. God is going to show his mercy and his grace, and he is going to demonstrate himself in practical ways practical ways, okay? Changes that we need 
in our bodies, changes that we need in physical circumstances. Not that we're not going to demand him anything, we're not going to demand anything of him. We're not going to say, this is what you have to do. No, no, no. We're just going to say, Lord, have mercy on us, and we're here for you. So then he says, okay, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So it says, when, so when he saw them. Now, what does this mean? When he saw them. Is he, has he just noticed them? Has he just suddenly noticed them? Or, or did he know they were there? When he saw them, in order to see them, he would have looked at them. And assuming that he had seen them before, noticed them, what is this look all about? It's a powerful encounter with Christ. When the Lord looks upon you, he sees your need. That's what it means. And when the Lord looks upon you, he has mercy on you. Why do we, why do we pray, Lord, let your countenance rise upon us? We're saying, Lord, look on us. Look to us. Meet our need. And, and he looked at them. Now, I don't know this from the text. I can't argue from silence. But in this instance, it doesn't seem that Jesus behaved with these lepers as he behaved to that individual leper. Remember, he said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. We don't see this here. We don't see this as a laying on of hands ministry. And I'm all for the laying on of hands, and maybe we'll do some today. But every evening, every one of you has had an opportunity, assuming there was the time and you made it to the front, I think everybody did, to receive individual prayer and ministry. But revival atmosphere is not necessarily just about who, who can be prayed for. And, and this, this is... This is the wonderful thing about revival. I mean, there's times when we've had people, you know, who are walk, walking revivals. I mean, they ca seem to carry revival in themselves, you know, wherever they go. It's like they're like a revival container. Get close enough to them, they might shake a little bit out on you. And, uh, but but this, this revival, although I do expect that God will raise up key leaders and key figures, yes, maybe some people we know, maybe some people we don't know, and maybe some people who even they don't know that they're going to be key instruments of God. They will always be key instruments. But revival doesn't just break out on individual people. Revival breaks out into the atmosphere. And there's something about the heavenly atmosphere in which things... I, I feel it now. I feel it now. Amen. But I, don't, don't you feel it? Don't you feel it? Some say, are you, you, you're scared. Well, okay. Well, I think the more you open your hearts and the more you, you, you tune into that, you will, you will sense it. And there will come a time that whether, whether you sense it or not, it's going to hit you. going to hit you. going to hit people. I expect people coming into revival services in this church to fall on their face. And say, God is here. God is here. I remember in the uh, time when we were holding in September, whichever year it was, 92, 93, 94, whenever, whenever, whenever it was, all the years blur into one. Huh? 94, was it? Yeah. 
uh, in the whole of the month of September. And, and uh, you know, every meeting was, was carpet time. Every meeting. It was just extraordinary. The kids were praying for people. It was just amazing. And I remember one of, one of our leaders at that time, he was a kind of tall kind of fellow. And he was, he, you know, there was a sense of these men are not drunk, you know, because there was just so much Holy Spirit levels of holy toxication going on. And he went out, and he went, he just went out into the foyer. This free time of prayer, everything was happening, all heaven was breaking loose. And, and there were two or three young girls, young women, who had been waiting at the bus stop. And they heard, what's this? There's a party going on. What's this? And they came in, they stood there, they were amazed. And this guy went over in his hands, you know, it looked like he had eight legs, you know, it looked like he was sort of octopusy kind of thing. And, oh, no, this is not a party. This is Jesus. Do you want it? They said, yes. So he laid hands on them. Young women, straight from the bus stop, straight from the bus stop. They fell down under the power of God. They got up saved and speaking in tongues. Saved and speaking in tongues. People remember that? Remember that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. Oh, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you impregnate, you permeate the atmosphere. So much so that we don't know the difference between what is surrounding us and what is in us. Because we are both filled and we're overflowing. Like that sponge sits on the surface. Water begins to permeate. Then it begins to sink. And it begins to soak. And so the water is in the sponge, and the sponge is in the water. We are in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in us. Wow, there's such a great anointing. Are you receiving, or is it just bouncing off you as a, as a dry sponge? Open up. Open up. More of your Spirit. More of your grace. More of your power. More of your joy. Oh, Sharamaka, what shall I render? <laughs> what shall I render? What shall I render unto him? Praise, praise, and gratitude. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Oh, anybody suffering from stomach ulcer? Anybody suffering from stomach ulcer? Anybody has a stomach ulcer? You have a stomach ulcer. Oh, hallelujah. Dear lady, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Put your own hands on your stomach ulcer. Put your own hands on your stomach ulcer. And I say, in the name of Jesus, in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, be healed. Ulcer go. Oh, Holy Spirit, we worship you. Oh, Holy Spirit, we worship you. Anybody suffering from the effects of whiplash at some time in the past and you haven't fully ever fully recovered from whiplash? Anybody got that? It'll be like, you know, that, that thing in the neck. Anybody here? Whiplash. Uh, Oh yeah 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 yeah. He Gabriel greedy Gabriel. Stand up, stand up, stand up. You guys, put your hands around his neck. 
Yes, Father. Father, we pray. Actually, yes, I do remember you, you told me about that, uh, that thing. And it's, it, it's serious. It's serious. Because there's, there's rugby accidents and all, all kinds of things. Isn't it? I don't know if, if rugby is an accident, I don't know. Um, motorbikes and all kinds of stuff. He just sold my motorbike yesterday. He sold it for me. He says, you don't use it anymore. And you're getting too old to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Okay, put your right round his neck, right round his neck. And over here, okay, would you just, just join with us? You guys around there, just put, just lay hands on, 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 on these people. Father, we come against every effect in the joints and muscles of whiplash or anything that has jolted those necks. And we know, Father, that long-term effects of this, if not fixed, can be serious and we ask father right now for a healing that will flow by the power of god into every joint in every person who is standing and we receive the overflow of that overflow of that there is somebody right now who is experiencing heat in your knees and as you stand up and move around you will find that you will be able to move more freely and less painful painfully than before so begin to do that and if you want to cooperate with what the holy spirit's doing put your hands on 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 those knees that people are we free up joints now in the name of jesus christ we free up joints in the name of jesus christ let your holy spirit take full control in jesus mighty name and so father we pray now more generally for back conditions every condition that is causing joint pain in this place now we ask father for the free flow of your holy spirit the healing oil the warm healing oil of the spirit to flow into every joint that requires a touch of healing in this house today in jesus mighty name amen jesus just looked at some of you he just looked at some of you. Why don't we ask him, Jesus, look at me. Jesus, look to me. Jesus, look to me. When we look to him, it's a prayer. When he looks to us, it's an answer to prayer. Look to us, Lord. Come on, people. This meeting is already gone pear-shaped. Don't worry about it. Just, just, just cry out to him. Do business with him. Look to me, Jesus. Look to me. Look to me. Look to me, look to me, Jesus. Look to me, look unto me, look unto me, look unto me. See me, Jesus. Let your eyes bring their healing, life-transforming gaze of compassion. Gaze of compassion. And Jesus saw them. See us, Jesus. Look upon us in our time of need. Look upon us. Look upon me. Look upon me. Lord, every one of us needs a rescue. We need a rescue. We need a rescue. A rescue from the doldrums. A rescue from complacency. A rescue from over-familiarity. A rescue from disappointment. A rescue from disillusionment. A rescue, Father. We need a rescue. Rescue. We stand before you as those ten lepers stood, without any capacity in ourselves to bring about the answer to our own needs. And we look to you, and we know there's only one thing, only one thing, 
only one thing, and that's your mercy, and that's your grace. We look to you as the lepers look to Jesus. We look in, in, in anticipation. We look in expectancy, and we let go of all our issues of low self-worth. We let go of all our issues of rejection, of fear, of disillusionment, of disappointment, and failure. We let all those go, and we just feel we're in the presence of a holy God. We're in the presence of a Jesus who is who is Messiah, who is Lord, who is God's anointed one, who is healer, who is savior, who is provider, who is nourisher, who is friend, who is lover. We look to you, Jesus, and in your holy presence, we receive, we receive, we receive what we need. We receive, we receive. Everybody speak with tongues. Samara shakaka, shamara mokosaka. Go ahead, people of God. If you're thirsty, drink. If you're thirsty, drink. If you're thirsty, drink. If you are powerless, draw from His power. Make that connection. Make that connection. Actively engage. Masila, 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 masila. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, shika, bada, bada, bada. Babadara, sila, ramadara. Oh, Holy Ghost, revival comes from thee. Start a revival and begin the work in me. You won't be able to play that. It's an old hymn. Don't worry about it. It's a hundred years before your time. <laughs> you know, I would, I would appreciate a couple of singers up here just in case we want to break out in song. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am amen. All right. Um, I, I think it's time to make, I'll come back to this message in a moment. It's time to make some strong declarations, okay? Strong declar declarations. Let me just see. What comes up in the text here? So, when he saw them, he said to them, Amen. He saw them, and then he said to them. Isn't it wonderful when Jesus speaks to you? Isn't it wonderful? When he speaks to you, he said to them. We've heard many words from the Lord, and I hope that you will, you've taken them down and I guess the stuff will have been recorded enough and you go back and listen to it again. But God has given us actually a, a, enough food, enough fuel to last us the whole of the year and more. But he hasn't stopped speaking to us. Lord, speak a word to us into every individual heart. A word of healing, a word of restoration, a word of direction, a word of correction, a word of rebuke word of encouragement, a prophetic word. Speak. Speak. 
So let's declare the word of God over our lives. Let's right now declare the word of God. Now you know there, you you know have enough of the word of God in you to be able to speak over your circumstances. If you feel like you, you're, you're, you're a bag of dry bones, say dry bones live. That's the word of the Lord. Okay. If you feel you're dry, say the desert shall blossom as a rose. If you feel there is need for salvation, say Yeshua HaMashiach, the one who is the Savior, he will visit my house with household salvation. All right. If it's a healing, speak that healing over you. All right. And do it over your people. Everybody, everybody do it. Do you need to stand for this? You probably do. Okay, stand right now. Make strong declarations. You do the work. You do the work. Holy Spirit's with you. You do the work. Come on. Speak. Speak words of prophetic declaration over your life, over your circumstances. Let it be the word of the Lord to you. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, and then you speak it out. All right. Everybody say, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying. Now speak it out, what God gives you. Word of the Lord came to me, so speak it out. Speak it out. Come on, people of God, be bold. Be bold. You can't be bold in the house of God. Where can, can you be bold? Be bold. Speak it over. Speak restoration. Speak life <clears throat> into the deadness. Speak refreshing into tiredness. Speak inspiration into your life lacking in sparkle. God is not giving us flat water. He's giving us living water, bubbling, sparkling, Holy Ghost, Perrier, and other brands are available. Shibalabara Koshokura, Yentere Mesura, Yentere Mesura, Yentere Mesura, Yentere Mesura, Yentere Mesura, Yentere Mesura. Lift your hearts, lift your eyes, lift your voice. Make a declaration. Come on, rise up, rise up, use the word of God. Use the word of God. Use the sword of the Spirit. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. The answer lies within you because the Spirit is within you and the word of God dwells within you. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak salvation. Speak salvation. Speak life over your cell group. Speak life. Speak Fruitfulness, 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 fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. Every one of you is a spiritual warrior. That is W-A-R, not W-O-R. You're not a warrior, you're a warrior. A warrior. Come on, people of God. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to go back to that first word. Arise. Ain't gonna happen until you arise.
Mama, people of God, watch wa Mungu wanasema. Hallelujah. Wanasema. Hallelujah. Ah, blama sas palavras de Deus. Salarabakarabara, shalarandarabarabara, kundurabas. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, people of God. The anointing is so thick. The anointing is so heavy. Wear it like a mantle. You know, hang, hang on, hang on for a second. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, we don't have to wait because they had to wait. The Holy Spirit had not come. The Holy Spirit's here and, and been here for a long time. But our waiting is waiting on Him and waiting in Him. It's not waiting for Him. All right? Okay. So when we say open the windows of heaven and pour out, what we're really saying is, God, we want to experience what you are already doing. Now, the authorized version says, uh, until you be clothed, clothed with power from on high. And, uh, and this is a, an Old Testament word about the Holy Spirit clothed them. And it's like, it's, it's exactly the same expression as the mantle. I want your mantle to, to rest upon me. The mantle is the anointing. The mantle is what clothes you. And God wants you to be clothed, clothed with power. And it's as if you become so immersed in the Holy Spirit that His anointing on your life rests on you permanently and it becomes part of you part of you he never intended that we should go naked into the battle but that we should be clothed with the holy spirit and with power and that's here today so so take it take it take it amen and amen amen and amen hallelujah so he said to them go go that was the key word go and as we shall see, until they obeyed that word, go, until they went, which is past tense of go, we got to, as they went, something happened. Here is a word. Now this marries everything together. It's a simple two-letter word. Go. 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 And in the going, the power comes. In the going, the change comes. In the going, the miracle comes. That was all I wanted to share this morning. But it's gone into this big thing. Never mind. Let God be God. And every pastor, uh, whatever. Go. Go. That was the word. That was the word of healing. That was the word of empowering. And when they obeyed that word,
go, something happened. And when we obey the word go, something will happen. It will not happen until we go. And it will not happen if we never go. But if we go according to the word of God, something will happen. And this is the greatest act of faith that this week is calling you to. It's the greatest act of faith. Go. Because in this instance, he was saying, go and fulfill the law regarding the healing of priests, uh, healing of lepers. Go, show yourself to the priests. Uh, and, and the point is, is that by the time you get there, there will be nothing for the priest to see. He will declare you clean. There will be a sacrifice, a priestly sacrifice on your behalf, but it won't happen until you go. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. That is the only thing we are calling you to do. Everything that we do, all that we live for, all that we labor for, all that we pray for, all that we prepare for, all that we write about, all that we preach about, everything is about this big G-O. And God is calling this church to be a church on the go. And that means this year you go. Each one reach one, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, that's easy. Each one reach two, each one reach ten, each one reach as many as you can. Go, which means now once, once for all, no more preaching about it. No more bringing evangelists to tell us what we already know. We now do what he has told us because he's had mercy on us. He's looked at us. He's seen us and he's spoken to us and he has said go. Amen. And this is not about you. It's not about your needs. It's not about what makes you feel good. It's not about what you want for Jesus. It's about what Jesus wants from you and what Jesus wants from me. Our nation is slipping and sliding into hell. Our city is absolutely being decimated by wave after wave of demonic anointing. But there is an anointing greater than the anointing of the devil. There is a power greater than the power of the devil. One who's already conquered death, hell and the grave. And he says, go and I will be with you. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and this year, no playing with it. No playing with it. No saying, well, I'm too busy. We're under the anointing. And under the anointing, we can only do what God gives us to do. We can do nothing else to help us, God. All we can do is talk about Him. And there are people who this year, not just like in my case, I'm witnessing to people year in, year out, and some of them get worse and worse and some come to Christ and I say, God help us all. And th those long-term witnessing, please do it. Re relational evangelism is all about that. And you keep loving them whether they come to Jesus or not. But there are people who are just waiting for a word. And not everybody that you meet, but there'll be people God will lead you to. But you need to say, God, here am I, send me. Would you do that now? Here am I, God, 
send me. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. That's wrong. He's already sent us. Sorry, get your theology right. Uh, it's about time to have R.T. Kendall back to correct our theology. Hey, no, no, strike that. We don't say, God, here am I, send me. We say, here am I, I go. Here am I, go we. <laughs> go we. I'm speaking Creole now. Here am I, go we. All right. Amen. Amen. Just take your seats a bit. We have to uh, uh, come, come to it. Come to an end. Go show yourself to the priest. Priest. And here it is. This is the one reason why I turn to this passage. Verse 14. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Do you get the miracle? They were not healed in the meeting. They were healed on the way to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. And that has tremendous implications for many aspects of the ministry. How many people remember Archbishop Benson Idahoza? Remember that? Remember Idahoza? He's with Jesus now. He was left on a rubbish dump. His mother dumped him on the rubbish dump when he was born. Couldn't cope with another mouth to feed. Anyway, she relented and went back and got him, but she did dump him there. God used him. He heard in a message, he got powerfully saved. He heard in a message, God raises the dead. So God on his back, I think he was just a 16-year-old boy, if I recall. Anyway, he was not very mature. God on his bike, went all around Lagos, or wherever it was, Ibadan, I don't know where he was. Uh? Benin, thank you. All, all around Benin. That's the Benin City, not Benin Republic, yes? Benin City, yes, thank you. Just check it, just checking. And uh, finally, by the end of the afternoon, early evening, he found a dead person. So he prayed for the dead person, raised the dead person from the dead, and then came back to the next message, please. There is no limit to what God can do when we go and obey Him and do, 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 do what He says. I think it was Christopher earlier in the week made, made a point about God was saying, move it from your head to your heart. So it's not just intellectual. I think we all know this intellectually, but, but what is the difference between the head and the heart apart from 18 inches? The difference between the head and the heart is not 18 inches, it's about six foot in my case. It's the difference between what I'm doing here, what I'm doing with my feet. What I do. The cell vision is only a strat the, the vision is a big vision, but the structure is only a structure that gives you the opportunity in the best possible way that we can to organize ourselves around the Great Commission that we go and make disciples. We actually do it. All right. So when you gather in your cells, if you've given more than 50% of that time to yourselves, you are failing. 50% to yourselves and at least 50% to other people, people who don't know Christ. Bring them in. Go and find them. Go and find them. And as you go, let me just think 
before I before I say this, do I really believe it? Do I really mean it? Is this really God? Let me put it this way. I think the revival will manifest as these healings manifested as we go. All right? Can you buy that today? You feel that's God? In the same way as he said go, and as they went, they were healed. So he says go, and as we go, we will be blessed. As we go, we'll find him with us. As we go, the revival will manifest. And I was so full of this last night, I was dreaming about giving prophetic words to strangers and everyone. I think even the Queen of England got one in my dreams. But anyway, here is, here is the thing. So it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And then, of course, you know, the last few verses is, is, is the major point. Only one came back. Only one came back and gave thanks. And, um, uh, and you know that message, and I started out with, with gratitude. I think one of the clearest evidences of the grace of God is our gratitude. Let me just see if there's any orange juice in this orange, any juice left in this orange before we, before we finish, before we break. I think there is. And here it is. With all due godly humility, I believe that the ministry from this platform over the years is consistently of a high standard. High standard in terms of you're fed with the finest of wheat. You are given the finest wine spiritually. And just as in a household where, you know, babies are born with a silver spoon in their mouth and they never know what it is to go without the finest things, and they become complacent. Be careful that we in this house do not become complacent with the high level now, of ministry. Now, I know we, we don't always stand up here and, and do the Irish jig or, you know, any, you know, the Togo Pogo or anything like that. And, and we don't always, you know, find the most ear-tingling, you know, uh, attractive kind of message just to thrill you with, um, well, let me say ice cream, you know. We, we serve steak and onions and sometimes some liver and onions. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't just preach ice cream message and throw out sweets and chocolates. And, and uh, you, you can feel, as we have seen, you can feel the largest auditoria here in London with uh, kind of pleasing, please me kind of... Um, kind of messages. I don't criticize anybody. What I just say is that well, lear learn to appreciate and learn the attitude of gratitude and to, be th to thank God for the high level of teaching and preaching and ministry that comes from here. I say that not for our sakes but for your sakes because it can become, you can become nothing but sermon tasters. And um, you know, when Artie comes, we know he's going to preach, preach great stuff. 
and consistently from the platform, you, you, get, you get the word of God. You get, you get something good. Don't, don't despise that. Don't ever, t and don't take it for granted. It's the gift of God. The worst famine of all is not a famine of bread, but a famine of the word of God. And keep feeding, keep feeding. And the purpose of feeding is not just to satisfy some physical desire. Purpose of feeding is to be strong. Purpose of feeding is to gain nutrition so that you can be strong and can be active. And we know, I know, when people have received the word, it's because it's what they do. They're not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And what mindsets do you need to break? What mindsets do you need to break? Um, I say this to everybody. I say this to every single staff member, as I say to every single cell member. What mindsets do you need to break out of to go to the new levels? What mindsets? What are they? These guys had to break out of mindsets. The moment, the moment they obeyed the word of Jesus and went to the priest, do you know what that did for them? Do you know what we're going to the priest? I've still got leprosy. Why am I going to the priest? They had to fight the evidence of their eyes to begin with. They had to fight their own Im emotional inner feelings. Imagine their rejection. So we spoke about all the issues that were going on in their minds. And they must have built some kind of uh, structure around their illness and disease, some way of living which kept them in imprisonment. That's why Jesus said to the man 38 years paralyzed, do you want to get better? Because his whole identity was around his sickness. And sometimes the problems begin when Jesus heals somebody. I remember when a woman was healed, she was a nurse and she had some kind of back injury in a nursing profession and it went, got worse and worse and worse and she was confined to a wheelchair. She wasn't paralyzed, but her pain and her weakness was so strong and stiff and so that she couldn't sustain herself for very long out of a wheelchair. She could barely get up and go to the bathroom. And she lay in bed all day. And when the kids came home from school, there she was. They cooked the meals, cooked the dinners, and then... And so she was in a wheelchair when she came to the meetings. And she was healed in front of everybody. She stepped out of the wheelchair and she was healed. And then the problems began. When she went home, the kids didn't recognize her. They were terrified. They didn't want to go to school because mummy was up and about. Uh, where was she going to go? Was she going to be there when we got back from school? They'd never known an ambulant mother. They'd never known this, and they couldn't cope with it. The whole of the family was built around the illness, and they had to have a healing in their minds, had to adapt in their thinking. And that's one of the things that keeps people not healed. They're bound to their circumstances, their identity, their sympathy, and even their finance. We talk about Benin Republic. Uh, the first time I went to Benin and we, we saw great miracles, I was there mainly for intercession. And we saw uh, uh, God reveal great miracles and passing through from Benin uh, Republic to the border. And that is the Nigerian border there, isn't there? Yeah. 
okay, and uh, down by the coast road, the border, and um, I'm sitting in the car, and you've only my word to go on this, all right, so believe it or not, just whatever you see, whatever you think, but I'm sitting in the car, and a healing anointing comes on me, and it's the anointing to open blind eyes. And I'm sitting there, I'm tingling, I'm shaking, and I want to find a blind man. And a blind man comes to the car. So I say, Get, I'm getting out, I'm going to pray for you, you're going to be healed. He took a step back, and his father was also there. And his father said, don't let that man heal you, because we'll have lost our income. Now, I can't prove to you that if I had prayed for him, he would have been healed. I can't prove that, all right? And as you know, we can be 100% right and 100% wrong. But what is interesting to me was that man believed that he would be healed, and his father believed that he would be healed. But they didn't want to be healed because they would lose their income. I think that's tragic. I had to go. It was the border. It was the customs. I, I couldn't, couldn't do anything. But I think he missed an opportunity. Well, Lord, even now, touch that man. So often you have to arise on the inside before you rise on the outside. You have to see on the inside before you see on the outside. Okay? So there was great changes that they had to, had to make great changes. And don't underestimate the changes. That was true repentance. True repentance. Maybe true repentance is going to be worked out in the days that come. Okay? True repentance. But anyway, the message, all that I really wanted to say before I got down to business, was it's time for us to do, because as we go, we will be blessed, and the revival will manifest.